Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State. My name is Robert Kerr, host of the program once more. Busy, busy weekend of soccer here in Detroit, and especially uh, in the metro Detroit area. Along for the ride here, joined by uh, avid experience seeker and soccer junkie uh chris uh rosin welcome back to the show and we're gonna talk some saturday soccer absolutely thanks for having me man appreciate it yeah our saturdays uh were packed front to back uh with the the local game here in uh metro detroit uh it was the opening weekend for the midwest premier league and our friend on the phone here went to two games in the same afternoon. Uh, and then uh, there's a number of games uh, across the state in the Midwest Premier League. The first uh, uh, college, you know, elite amateur slash college roster type uh, summer league to kick off action. And then uh, in the evening, there was uh, Detroit City FC versus Tulsa. But Chris, you started your day. I don't know if it started the day, but you started your soccer day in Farmington for liquid football versus Troy. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, there is so much soccer happening right now around Metro Detroit. I did not even know that Livonia City had a game uh, Saturday at, five, I think it was 4 or 5 p.m. And I, I you know, follow them on Instagram and, and I do my very best to kind of keep up with every team or take in as much of the sport as I can, but it's just, you, you run out of time and, and run out of um, uh, energy really to, 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 to get to, uh, to, you know, to each match or, um, you know, kind of travel around and kind of, um, you know, supporting the local soccer. But yeah, we started off um, over at the Hawk, uh, Farmington Hills location, uh, Farmington Hills, uh, Harrison, former high school, um, excellent field, um, Pretty good. Um, plenty of room in the stands. Really, um, I think concessions wise, they had you know typical just some chicken sandwiches, hot dogs, you know, no beer, uh, but but pretty good. Decent crowd. Uh, it's the home field, Detroit United, and then they're taking on Liquid Football, and it was actually both of their first um, first matches in, in in their inaugural uh, year in the Midwest Premier League. So it was great. My my pregame predictions for the match were three nothing. Uh, liquid football um, how I came to that uh, conclusion uh, was basically I really thought that the liquid football had the upper half or advantage with um, recruiting maybe style of play or just um, access to um, local talent I thought they had a little bit um, just a better better opportunity to um, recruit I think just with um, with George Chamakov and Chavi. Um, as the owners and leaders of that team, I think they um, that's what's in liquid football. I think they just had a little bit better opportunity. And Troy, Troy's been around for, um, I believe, two, this is their second year as a, uh, as, a as an organization. But, um, in the, yeah, going into it, it was 3-1 or 3-0. And um, to my surprise, it was actually 1-1 at halftime. And um, with an end, you know, End of the match was 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 three to one for liquid football. Let me get this straight. So, uh, the first game you were liquid football versus Troy United. 
And so was it an even – you said it was 1-1 one, one at halftime. Was it an even run of play there? I think I arrived. I hit, hit a little traffic, actually. Um, I, I just moved um, last week downriver. And so I hit a little traffic. I was also through. I think I was about 15, 20 minutes late into the game. Um, so I missed the first goal, unfortunately. But I heard it was a pretty good screen run off the right foot um, with a gentleman. I don't know his name right now. I apologize. Um, but he did get the third goal of the match. Um, but it looked like, from from what I could tell, it looked like Liquid Football had about um, 70, 80% of the possession for the first half. Now, when Liquid Football, or when Troy United, rather, when they did get the ball, um, they were dangerous. They were they were able to get it to the other end, and, you know, they definitely created some opportunities. Um, I think Nate, the guy, who, the gentleman who got the, the Troy United's uh, first goal in the Midwest, Premier League was Nate Booz or Bose. Um, he had a great goal. He had a really nice shot, and um, they actually, you know, they 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 surprised me. They 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 put out a really good product. Um, and overall, I mean, it was a great. It was a really good game. A lot of fun. Um, you know, I think Liquid Liquid had a little bit more organized possession, but I think Troy United for the first showing of the year. I think they got a lot to build off. And, you know, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised if, if both teams really give their competition quite a, quite, quite a lot of battles uh, throughout the season. So you went uh, from, what was that, a, a 2 o'clock kickoff? So 3-1. Uh, to one. So you saw more of the uh, the, the second half of that matchup. Uh, so you Liquid Football really took over the second half and, and scored a couple goals to get that 3-1 win? Yeah, so it was one one for most of the uh, most of the second half, and then I think with about let's say fifteen to go, I, I believe that Liquid Football they scored this really strange goal where it was uh, I believe it was off a left foot by a guy who just subbed on. Really good guy. I don't know his name. We got to find that out. Uh, maybe we can have him on the show. But he hit this left footer. It, skipped and hopped through the wind a little bit, kind of curved from right to the left to upper 90, right into the uh, the pocket of the net. And it was it was fun to see. I was actually um, had the privilege of standing next to uh, Rod, uh, Rod Green Sr. We were, we were sitting on kind of the uh, concourse by the fence to watch most of the uh, second half together. And um, it was, you know, we had a pretty good advantage of that goal. And it was, uh, it was, it almost turned into a little bit of a screamer, but it surprised um, even you know, I, I had a chance to talk to a few of the coaches of of uh, Liquid Football, and it surprised them. They weren't sure if it was going in, and um, if it was just going to go a little wide. But it was a it was a great goal. Then the third goal was really a rocket um, by the same gentleman who scored um, Liquid Football's first goal. That's a uh, quite a tale. Sounds like that's quite a goal. I'm trying to imagine uh, that movement on the ball you described for that second one. But that's interesting that uh, you got to have a conversation on the sidelines with uh, Roddy Green's dad. And was he there just to be supportive of uh, former DCFCer George Shamakov, or yeah, what was his really connection was. there? Really good guy, um, really big proponent of, of, of the sport of soccer, and he kind of let me know. He's like, yeah, he's like, I told the wife I was going out for some groceries, and. And I asked him, you know, I don't know if he's a soccer junkie like like you and I. And he's like, you don't know. He's like, nope, she knows about the soccer game. So he's like, I figured I'd come check out, um, check out, see what Liquid Football is doing. And it was, um, I think he's a he's a resident of the uh, of the area. And, um, Farmington Hills is pretty central, so I mean, it was kind of um, you know just a pretty convenient location for anyone to check out. Um, 
you know, some of the Midwest Midwest Premier League action on Saturday. And then, uh, so uh, the Liquid Football's first ever competitive game in the Midwest Premier League turns into a win, three-one over fellow newcomers Troy United. And then, so you scooted on over from Farmington to Livonia, where uh, Livonia took on BIH Grand Rapids for their first game of the season. Yeah, yeah so we headed over to the. Uh, the friendly confines of, of Madonna University off Five and Newburgh, where I grew up. And, no way. Um, and um, we, you know, we we checked out a game, another game for the afternoon, and um, you know it was pretty good action. It was it was pretty even. A few missed opportunities for Livonia City. Um, you know the game very much could have got out of hand with maybe four nothing, four one. You know, capabilities. They missed a few easy shots, but I, you know, I think there was the result was you know around one nothing, and they got a late a late goal in about the 89th or 90th minute to make it two nothing. I liked what I was seeing. It, it was it was pretty watchable. I tell you what, wasn't watchable was uh, Livonia City's kits. Um, their sample kits um, looked great, and they order you know they went they fulfilled the order with Hummel or with whoever produced their. Um, their kit when they got their team kits i think it was game day when they opened the box what was supposed to be a blue kit turned brown and what i was watching on the field was a brown kit ran by lavonia city against a uh, grand rapids uh, team with a black and white kit and both teams looked like they had black back and their jersey or their, their shorts were both about the same color so as a fan or as a player i have no idea um, what really what was going on? And, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how either team found it. You know, when they're looking around for that quick pass, I don't know how either team, you know, really, you know, was able to make, uh, you know, make find their teammates. Well, so this is where uh, my day intersects with yours, because uh, I spent my afternoon doing some uh, banner painting for the upcoming Oakland County FC season. And while we were doing that, we were streaming the Livonia versus BIH Grand Rapids game. And <laughs> when we turned it on, uh, that's the first and one of the main talking points of watching the stream was uh, not knowing which team was which. Absolutely. Uh, Luke let me know that you were watching and you, you're, you're like, hey, you know, can I get a couple of hints? And, and I was telling Luke, I was like, I don't know what's, I have no idea which team is which team at this point. So it was pretty, that was pretty interesting for sure. Yeah. Even the commentator on the stream was, I kept on saying the wrong team name. Like even the opening goal, he was like, oh, here's Grand Rapids. Nope. Actually, that's Livonia. Goal. Super funny. We, we actually had a, um, things always happen in, in pairs. And today I played in my over 30 Sunday special um, MUSL league game. And we had two blue teams showing up to get today. And the ref was okay with it. He's like, oh, there are different shades of blue. We can go. And I kind of looked at the ref. I was like, we should probably turn our jerseys like inside out. And he like, he's like, oh yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. So we had um, my entire team. It was our home, a home game. And we, we turned our jerseys inside out. We had like a white, gray-looking jersey with no number on it. You could kind of see the the translucent um, backwards numbers, if you will. So yeah, it was it was one of those kind of weekends. I think it was just the start of the season. Um, you know, some of those headaches you're trying to work out, waiting for your second kit to arrive, or waiting for um, the right color uh, of your of your home kit. 
yeah, that's that, that's a uh, that's pretty brutal that uh, the the shirts were not the correct color. Yes, yes, they look good though. They look good. Not 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 bad. Do you think if the the whole kit was brown? Because apparently, from what I heard, the the shorts were blue, and so were the socks. No, no, that wouldn't have got it done. <laughs> <laughs> so all the all blue. So that, that that's a shame. Hopefully, that's all, all remedied because Livonia's uh, kits are, are are pretty tidy year in uh, year out. Yeah, watching it on the the stream, I I like I said, obviously it was kind of hard to tell the teams because when Bih. Uh, Grand Rapids had their backs to the goal or backs to the camera. They were all black. So it was tricky there versus a, you know, a dark color of the opponents. But uh, I was going to say, but, but uh, it was kind of a a stalemate, but I thought that uh, the goals were well taken. And especially the second goal by uh, Mac uh, Betchard, I believe is how you say it. A former San Marino FC player, apparently. Um, yeah, he, he had a bit of a rocket. Can you, did you get a good eyes on that one on the location? I know it was a right footer. I believe so. I think I was on the way down to one more sporting event and, and I, I caught it, but it was, uh, it was definitely in the corner of my eye. <laughs> oh, you were, you okay. So, <laughs> so you were, you were, uh, you were making appearances at places. I was making appearances. I was trying to get after it. And if, if my voice is extremely raspy, it was from a long uh, weekend of sports. So, uh, yeah, I apologize. And, uh, it was worth it. I'd, I'd do it over again. Well, that's why I have you on the on the phone, on the podcast, to, to tell us about all these games. So, in general, from going to a Midwest Premier League doubleheader, what's your takeaways? The takeaways, I think, well, I had a little bit of deja vu going to see that Livonia City game. Um, cause it seems like I, you know, want to support them in, in as many ways as I can. Um, and I always kind of start with the home opener or get kind of excited about it. And then as the season goes on with them being on the road, um, or go trying to catch up with the DCSC games, um, you run out of time, right? You run out of time. Um, the money's not really the issue. I think the Midwest Premier League is perfectly affordable. Um, I would, I would. I have a season ticket pass actually for liquid football as well as Troy um, tried out for both those teams. They're very gracious with me as far as uh, just you know, welcoming me with open arms to, to kind of get me to any of those games. But yeah, you just run out of time. I mean, to, and you know, it was enjoyable to watch a couple games on a Saturday. Absolutely. But <laughs> to, to be able to do that every weekend, I don't know if I have the time or energy to really, um, you know, throw two, throw a double header on there, and then maybe check out a TCFC game as well. It definitely felt like a lot of um, either running around or just a lot of soccer, which isn't, I mean, not a bad thing. But um, I didn't even have time to uh, to really watch any Peacock or uh, NBC Sports Network with uh, um, Liverpool or any other other matches of the weekend. That's a good point about talking about uh, not really watching the the international stuff uh, I, i'm a i'm a huge liverpool guy and i didn't watch a, a single moment of premier league that saturday morning because now that may's here it's all local stuff right there's so much it's uh i mean yeah michigan is just um uh, we have what, what we got oakland county they're gonna get they're getting ready to ramp up in uh what is it, about a week or two Away for it's actually on Saturday, uh, the 13th is uh, the first weekend of USL 2, and Oakland County FC is away in Grand Rapids against uh, Midwest United next Saturday. And then the home opener 
is in two weeks on May 20th. Excited for that. It should be, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to, uh, I look forward to hearing some of your more of your predictions for the season for that. The schedule is more favorable last year. Um, it was imbalanced, and so you'd have to play a couple teams three times, and we had to play Ann Arbor and the Bucks three times, and so that was kind of brutal. This year it's down to two teams, two, two times for each team. Yeah, it's, so they added uh, South Bend to make it even so you just play two against everybody so there's six teams in the in the division so there's 12 league games and um but at the same time the division is brutally competitive because there's like two or three teams ranked in the top 10 of like all of usl2 and then south bend won their division last year they slid over from a different division and they won it last one so there's another strong team there so um, it'll, it'll be tricky again, but I think, uh, um, there's a, the, the core, uh, of the team is back. And then there's some very exciting young players and new players joining as well. And, uh, we have a new coach this year as well. So I, I, I'm excited going in more than any, or as much as any year and, uh, you know, pushing on from last year, we had a lot of talent last year. Maybe we could more experience, uh, push on. That's awesome, man. To, to kind of tie in with some of the things we've talked about, I think um, one of the most important, if you're if you're living in Metro Detroit or um, or even West Side of Michigan, is it, it, what what makes all these clubs so special and really, you know, what keeps them going is kind of just your support. You know, any of the listeners, um, anyone that likes soccer, really. So if you haven't, if you, if you had the time to go check out one, you don't have to check out three or four games like, like Rob and I, but um, if you do have time to, you know, go out, get, get support, buy a Jersey. Um, you know, a lot of these teams have five, six, seven sponsors now, which is exciting. Um, but, but I mean, the sport's growing. Um, it's, it's, I, I love it. Um, you know, go out, buy a hat, get online, go on their Instagrams, you know, buy a Jersey, buy, buy, buy something that can kind of help these, uh, small clubs kind of keep going and um you know give gifts you know provides a place for these college athletes to uh you know keep doing what they love and stay in shape for the uh for the off season uh that's a good point and uh before we uh turn to the the later chapters of uh soccer saturday um other midwest premier league results tulip city united sc over there in holland um took care of business two to one over another debutant team to the Midwest premier league, the futsal factory Academy. Um, so you're talking about on the West side, there's Tulip city United SC getting off to a good start. And then uh, in the other game in, uh, in, the, in the great Lakes state, Michigan stars, U 23 side took a one to three loss against the conference or the reigning conference champ, uh, enter Detroit, uh, three to one in favor of the traveling enter Detroit side. After your Midwest premier league afternoon, you went downtown to Ford field for the Michigan Panthers USFL game while I headed home from painting and watched DCFC Tulsa. Why don't you go first and tell us how that Panthers uh, experience was? So the Panthers experience overall, 
the colors of the team, I didn't quite understand. I'm still, I know it's a, a retro team that we used to have. Apparently, we won the, the championship in 1983, which was, I think, before you and I were born. But they have, I think the colors are, it almost reminds me of like a Western Michigan University, kind of like this gold with some maroon and light blue thrown in. But to, to summarize the game, they had WWE uh, Big E as their um, MC throughout the game. And I'm a really big WWE wrestling fan. So um, to be able to see him, I was probably like five, ten feet away from that guy. He was taking pictures with everybody. Um, my best friend wouldn't let me uh, take a picture with him. He said, I, I'm a little too old for that. But I, I, the 12-year-old me definitely um, wanted to be part of that. Um, but no, the, the fan experience was, was really neat. You could definitely sit um, probably wherever you want, um, as long as it's not on the end zones. They have the end zones kind of blocked off. Michigan Panthers kind of had a tough game. Maybe not the best football, but but overall fan experience, um, they worth checking out. I mean, tickets for ten bucks, can't beat that. We got a friend that works game day operations. Yeah, shout out to Dan Roland. Shout out to um, Dan Roland for uh, for uh, you know working at all the sports teams. Absolutely, he's, he's what, do we, what do we call him earlier, sportsman of Detroit. What, what if <laughs> he's uh, he's got his hand in a little bit of every. Uh, Detroit sports team, so that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, no, we we had a great time. I think my only complaint there was, um, I think they have Detroit Lions or Ford Field drinks prices. So you know, you're looking you're looking at you know food and drinks. They're going to cost you the same as if you went to a Lions game. I think could be wrong on that, but I know my credit card statement. Um, um, it might be might be a little longer this this month. <laughs> it was bona fide a bona fide bill. That's right. That's right. Um, but no, it was fun. They, they had a, you know, the old t-shirt toss. Um, one of my friends actually caught one, so that was exciting. Um, I think we, we lost. I, I can't remember. It was around 29 to 29 to 13, somewhere around there. Um, but um, I I might I may or may not have enjoyed the Midwest Premier League action um, early that day. <laughs> yeah, you maybe, uh, yeah, you enjoyed your soccer. Yep, definitely enjoyed soccer in the afternoon. A funny story, too. Um, I just started a new career um, past few weeks, and I actually knew one of the referees, one of the sideline officials. So that was that was funny to be able to like know a few people that were actually involved with the, um, you know, kind of running running the operations of the game. It was kind of interesting to to have that, you know. So I got to say what's up to both those those guys, and um, you know, the, the, the WWE wrestler. I was huge surprise like i had no idea he was uh affiliated with the uh with the panthers yeah i've only just from uh dan's instagram have i have i seen those that did i learn that the biggie was uh heavily involved at the at the production of that those those football games super cool we we may or may not have lost all the listeners just with the uh with the wrestling references and the uh the um USFL talk. Hey, I mean, USFL. We have to start a a nerd podcast about the the USFL. uh, We don't have to do all that, but uh, it was interesting that after two soccer games, you're moving. uh, Your your evening continued, um, but uh, I I had a uh, a kind of a quiet. I I, uh, needed to rest up, so I I, instead I was on the fence on going down to Hamtramck or not. But uh, I decided to go the old man route, and I I went home and watched it, and it was actually by far the most fun DCFC 
game to watch of the season, like by a country who is, mile. Um, who is your player of the match? I think so. I actually didn't get to see the game. I, I'd like to watch it this week if I can kind of get back and watch and see um, what went wrong or what, what went right for him. But what, who's your player of the match? If, if you just, you know, it doesn't have to be the goal scorer, it doesn't have to be anything like that, but who's your guy that really, you're like, oh my God, this guy really made an impact for the game? It's hard for me to say on the entire game overall, but I really enjoyed watching Skage Simonson. Love that guy. Yeah, just like the way his technique on the ball is just different from all the other guys and. He made some fun little moves with the ball, and and I enjoyed him. I don't, I, like I said, I, I'm not an evaluator to know if he if he's like a game winner or contributed more than anyone else. But I I enjoyed when the ball came his way. I enjoyed watching him play. I thought Jope he was like the official player of the game. I, I've been pretty critical slash skeptical of his performances this year. He hasn't done much for me, but uh, he had. An amazing goal is the first league, home league goal of the season, and it was a blast, uh, a rocket shot. So that was pretty good because I've seen him take that same shot and they go about fifty yards away from goal before, but this one, you know, s- smashed the back of the net, and that was exciting. And uh, just the the, the matchup. So for uh, to to go a little st- step back a little bit, it was the same kind of result as they've been having, but it wasn't the same kind of performance at all. Um, Detroit City FC won, FC Tulsa won. And these two teams just like match up really well. They're pretty entertaining, a little feisty, but they were, I don't know, they're being pushed technically. And it was one of the more uh, fun technical games and uh, with more kind of uh, creative um, forward play. And maybe it could have even been chalked up. It was the first nice day of the season. They've had nothing but miserable weather at these right. games up until now. So that might've just like got them out of their shell a little bit or they're bonding or, uh, you know, growing together as a team. Maybe some guys are getting some form. Um, there was some lineup changes. There was no, uh, Maxi in the middle and, uh, there was a little bit of a, a shuffle in there. Um, but so Maxi uh, Maxi wasn't in the middle this week. No, um, I'd have to actually look to see if he was in the squad or listed as injured or whatever. But he he definitely was not a starter. I wonder if they're just giving him a little rest, or if uh, he picked up a knock in practice, or what's what's going on there. That's interesting. And uh, he wasn't listed in the squad, so perhaps there's a an injury that uh, I wasn't up on. But yeah, he wasn't in the lineup. Uh, he wasn't in the the game day squad. Um, so, uh, it was Bryant, Carroll, and Ami Mensa in the back line. And it was Williams, Jope, McCabe, and Bill Hart in the middle. And then in the kind of the attack midfield was Rutz and then, uh, Simonson and Morris up front. Okay. So a little bit of difference, but I got to shout out, um, an absolute menace on, uh, Tulsa's side of the ball. There's a player, number seven, Marcus Epps, who absolutely terrorized uh, Reese Williams and just was up and down that side. And he, I don't know how he didn't score. He had about five shots, I think. And he wow. he was awesome. And then he had an effort in the first half, a right footer, and then it just like this looping curler. And Steinwasher had this like amazing, like he flew across and beat him 
but just like doinked off the inside of the post and like went back across the other side of goal. It was it was wild. So yeah, the first like 20 minutes, I, I tweeted this on the Michigan Soccer Central Twitter that like the first 15, 20 minutes had more action in it like than the like the six previous games like put together. Like um that's, that's exciting. Detroit scored in the tenth minute, and then I think Tulsa hit the post like twice. I did miss it though. Right before halftime was the other goal. It was a one-one finish, and then right before halftime, there was a uh, Michael Bryant handball, which um, was ruled a penalty. And then uh, Dario Suarez, you know, once again he scored against them in the previous matchup. Dario Suarez got the one right before halftime from the penalty spot, and then it ended one-one. I had in my notes like. The, the 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 good points was uh the rocket shot from Jope, a couple good moves from Simonson, uh lots of Steinwasher saves, and then just like the matchup between the teams, because they're actually uh in the table that actually put Tulsa ahead of Detroit. And we should actually probably talk about this. Detroit City FC is in eleventh out of twelve teams in the Eastern Conference. And Tulsa's down there just leapfrogged them, tenth and eleventh matchup. So Maybe that was why there was a little bit more freedom because they were, you know, in similar form perhaps could could be part of it. Hopefully not. That's yeah. a cynical way to look at it. Because I was going to say thumbs down was... There's got uh, to be some urgency to, to climb the table. There's got to be a, hey, we, we might lose this game, but we're going to go definitely try to lose... Or we're gonna, sorry, we're never going to try to lose anything. But no, we're going to go out there. We might lose, but we're going we're gonna to definitely put it all on the table to win. To me, it seems like... Picking up one point is just absolutely fine, whether it's on the road or at home at Keyword Stadium this year. Um, for me as a fan, just me talking, it's a little frustrating. It's not fun to watch. Zero zero games, one one games, difficult, difficult to watch as a fan. Um, you're just not going to get climbed the table, not winning games. You got to, at some point, you know, three out of four games, you got to win a couple of those. You can't, you can't go a whole month without winning. Um, in this league, or you're, you're going to be out of the league, um, so to speak, at first. But um, <laughs> that's a whole other yeah. can of worms. Yeah, like I said, the same kind of result, but the performance didn't seem the same. If that makes sense. Just, okay, tell me this. It, it, it sounds like what you saw. It was a one-one draw, but there was some inspiration. Is that is that what you saw on Saturday night? Yeah, there was more dynamic play than there had been. For for me. Um, you know, to kind of get me excited as a fan, I'm not asking them to go out and win every game. They could they could finish where they're at on the table at the end of the season. I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is when you're when you're taking less than ten shots a game, when you're playing it out of the back and never truly going forward at risk of losing the ball um, or losing the game. I just I don't know if it gets done. Um, going back to Nate, Nate Steinwasher, that guy's one of the best in the league. He's, he's definitely earned his. His place as is one of the true all stars as as a goalkeeper, um, and their defense is I mean probably second to none. So defensively, obviously they're they're, they're doing everything right. I just want to see more creativity out of the mids, the forwards, um, some some individual skills, some individual risk. You know, don't worry if you lose the ball. Don't you know, I don't know what the coach has him telling you. you lose the ball, you're off the team. What's going on? I obviously, don't think that's true. But um, yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him look a little more inspired. Oh, you're not wrong there. Um, and to your point about uh, Nate Steinwasher, it's kind of wild how, I mean, kudos to him for his performances and his, uh, you know, improving himself ability and just like growing into a real pro. Because, I mean, was it like 
going into the Nisa era, it was like, you know, Nate's been great and he's been a good story of coming good, but like, can he hang at the next level? And he's more than done that. And now he's arguably like the most important player on the team or has been, he's been what the reason why they've, they've been in games more often. And in, in this game, he made like, that, that was one of my thumbs up and a thumbs down of this was he made a ton of saves, but it was like, this is constant. Every game he's making a lot of saves and, right. <laughs> and it's too much. Like he can't save all these they can't, he can't keep him with, he needs goal support. You know, if you, if he, he, if he's having to make a lot of saves, only letting in about one a game and then they're not winning. That's, I mean, to your point, he, he, something has to change and there's gotta be a little bit more urgency and he's gotta be getting frustrated that he's putting in some pretty stellar performances and they're not getting any uh, points. Right. I think the game's so marginal with the, with, you know, when you're losing one, one, nothing, or you're, you're tying one, one, or zero, zero. I think there's just, there's, there's such, so, such a slim margin for, for winning this league. Um, you, you know, I'm sure Nate, you know, it's frustrating to, to, to not be on the, you know, higher up in the table, but I, I'm sure he's probably pretty happy with, with the way his defense is playing, uh, way he's playing. Obviously he's playing lights out. You know, again, I don't think there's a lot that can can get better defensively. No, I mean they're still they they gave up a good amount of chances. He's standing on his head sometimes, and and you know I, I don't know how tall Nate is if he's five eight five nine, um, but he definitely he covers he covers a lot a lot of space for a lot a lot of area area between those pipes, man. Yeah, like like I said that 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 one curler from from Epps that hit his post like. He flew through the air and it still beat him. I mean, obviously it didn't get, you know, it was wide enough to hit the post and stay out, but he, that was an impressive dive. He's, he was, he soared. But uh, my other just a quick little last thumbs down um, was uh, Reese Williams uh, getting two yellows and uh, he needlessly like went in heavy um, to get his second yellow. And so uh, they lose him. He's, he's an important second game with the red card this year. Yeah, and they went the entire uh, 2022 without um, red cards and without long-distance shot goal, and they got both of those now. I wonder if that's just a little frustration setting in, just, just uh, you know, maybe a little bit too too much aggression, trying to get trying to win the ball, or, or when you're not getting the ball in the right positions on the field, um, you know, trying to really stretch out. I, I'm guilty of it myself as a player, you know, when things aren't going well and you're losing, and, you know, sometimes you, you you put a foot out, you didn't mean to put out, but I'll just, you know, I didn't, I didn't see any of those, um, any of those plays. I'll take a look at them and see, um, and see what I think. Yeah, it, it was kind of like, it was basically after that, it took the game away from, from Detroit city. Um, that was what, the 78th minute or something like that. And, uh, they had to basically close up shop and just like, hang on after that. Whereas it was a, an even game. Both teams were, you know, attack and had chances back and forth. And, uh, after that, it kind of just like took, took the steam out of it. Sure. Yeah. I guess in that case, I guess you, you love, you love to walk away with the point at that point and complain down a man, but, um, I don't think discipline, you know, I don't think it's discipline. I think it's probably just a little bit of frustration, a little bit of playing hard, um, you know, with, with a couple of different red cards this season, you know. So that was kind of the end of uh, my sport Saturday. Like I said, I went old man route and I, I went to, to bed after the, the DCFC 
uh, one one tie with FC Tulsa. But my favorite game of the weekend happened on Sunday when I got to watch my seven year old play. So that was oh, fun. that's so cute. No way. Uh, what, what's his team? Uh, it's my daughter actually, okay. and uh, her team. Uh, she's the bad. She's on the Badgers. Oh man, what happened in the Badgers game? They, uh, <laughs> she, I think she found her calling. She, uh, she, she liked, uh, playing goalie. It's two games right. in a row. Like the, the coach like rotates them in pretty quick. And so they spend just like a little bit of time in and out and stuff. And, uh, uh, both like two weeks in a row, she's been in goal and she's like made some saves and she got like big, you know, big applause from the crowd, you know, had a, had a kick save where she stuck her toe out and saved one. And then. When there was a breakaway and she stepped up and had a big booted clearance uh, on a breakaway right. save, and she 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 uh, you know she was pretty jazzed to to get an applause for a, a good save, so that was pretty fun. No, she went she went old school, no gloves. Oh no, the, they were gloved. She was gloved up. Yeah, okay. that's the most good fun idea. part is putting the gear on, man. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, I think let's take a uh, take a breather real quick, and then uh, we're gonna come back. Chris had some thoughts on uh, last week's podcast. We'll come back and talk about that for a couple seconds. Welcome back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Still on the phone with me is uh, Gonzo soccer enthusiast uh, Chris Rosin. Uh, thank you for joining me. And you said that you tuned into the the show last week where I had an interview with uh, owner of the Michigan Stars, Mr. George Youngkai. And um, what, what was some of your takeaways? Because uh, it was kind of a touched on a lot of topics last week. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, as, as always, I always I, I really enjoy listening to um, you know anything anything your soccer podcast has to offer. You're always <laughs> keeping us updated with really um, a pulse of a pulse of Michigan soccer, and uh, you know touch a little touch of everything else that's out there. But um, yeah, Appreciate listening it. to the owner of um, of Michigan Stars is interesting. Obviously, he's well aware of of kind of how people think about him and um some of the things that are said or not said about him he's he seems um you know uh, maybe a little bit self-conscious about it but uh, um at the same time he just keeps going forward so i like that about him i don't i've never met him never met the guy um for me he seems like the kind of guy where i'd love to smoke a cigar with him or <laughs> have a glass of wine with him and just see um you know just talk to about soccer i mean obviously he's been around the sport i think he said it He's been doing it for about 40 years at, you know, either professional levels or just being around the sport. And, um, yeah, he's, he's sounds like he's fully knowledgeable. Um, you know, whether people have an opinion about his club, the way his players play, the way he is, you know, he invests his money. That's, that's, you know, it's kind of up to everyone else to make those, um, you know, I guess what inclinations. Um, but, but for myself, um, you know, I've never really been. I've been out to Stars facility. I played out there a little bit. Um, they're actually really beautiful facilities. Um, got a buddy, uh, my buddy Costa Wells. He's on their, uh, I believe, the under uh, twenty three team, and uh, great, great player. So, and I know they have, yeah, have a lot of talent coming in all the time from all around the world. So, 
um, yeah, definitely not going to say anything bad about the, about the stars. Um, but it was interesting to kind of hear just, you know, what the development of the program was like um, coming out, you know, after post-2022 um, NISA champions, you know, kind of what's next. And um, just interesting to kind of hear his take on what's, you know, what how he sees the pulse of kind of Metro Detroit soccer shaping up. Yeah, I, I guess I was curious if uh, uh, what you thought of his uh, his comments on uh, on Nisa. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some maybe saltiness or bitterness. Um, you know, I don't know. I wish I could offer him a solution. I don't know what the answer there is for for either his team to keep kind of developing, growing. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the, what the answers are there. I, I wish I did. I'd, I'd probably get paid a little bit more money or maybe get paid for some of my opinions for soccer. But um, at this point, I'm not. <laughs> but no, I, I think um, it was interesting to kind of just hear, um, you know, the guy's obviously got a lot of passion. Um, he likes to put his money behind what he um what he's passionate about and, and really just keep building his club so you know i don't know you guys i mean yeah, I, I can't hate on that he's, he's just that he's kind of trying to see his vision come to um fruition and um you know i've seen i've seen some of the players that they have out at the michigan stars um you know club and they're obviously um you know very very second to none right um so yeah i think that's kind of um my overall take um you know, I've never been out to. I don't think I've ever been out to a home match for Michigan Stars. They play at what do they play at? Thirty-two Mile. Yeah, it's up there uh, uh, at Romeo High School. Right, right. So I, I was out in Macomb today, but that's still another, another little bit of a drive to to get to to Romeo, I believe. Yeah, so. it's it's a trek, and uh, it's funny that we came back to this topic because uh, Oakland County FCs they're they're going up there to play a preseason game uh this week so uh is that open to the public uh i'm sure i don't know if anyone's gonna shoo you away okay okay i was just curious i don't think it's like advertised or anything like that it's a preseason and um like uh, one of the topics that we do regarding nisa was that the the schedule is really spread out and there's like a couple weeks between games and stuff for the the nisa teams Um, right and so I think they're probably just looking to play, and OCFC needs some 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 preseason warm up games. So so it makes sense, I suppose. I know that they played a little bit of uh, the same sort of thing last year, and those are some tight games. So I might, if I uh, find some time, maybe I'll I'll venture up there. But yeah, it's it's quite the trek up there to Romeo. It's it's just far. I mean, being from Metro Detroit. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just when you gotta drive to like I'm from five miles, so anytime you're gonna say like thirty two mile, thirty six mile, I'm like, well, where is that? Is it's it's do we gotta, you know, do we do we have to take a couple of bathroom breaks on the way to get out? There? <laughs> <laughs> and I I remember I went out there. I actually do generally end up going to like one stars game a season, and I remember okay. there was one time I was coming back from there. And coming south from Romeo, and every single thing was closed. I I went I I buzzed through like three different drive-throughs that were all closed at like ten o'clock or something like that. Right, right. So, I know I, I know one thing I've heard recently. You know, playing with some players around the Metro Detroit is, I think from from Stars. I think if you leave that program there, I think they kind of are hesitant to welcome you back at any capacity. For me, it's a little bit unacceptable. I think, and maybe it's a rumor. I don't know. I don't know. But but I've I've heard it from a few different players. 
Um, for me, I think it's you got to let go of the ego, and I think you got to you just got to understand that 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 you know because you leave a club because you, um, you know maybe things aren't working out for that season. It's not really a big deal. It's not personal. Um, it might not might not be the right opportunity, but I mean I've I've had a lot of seen a lot of players go in and out of the programs and go elsewhere and and they're playing you know great soccer at another club and I think that's perfectly okay. So I think you know whether or not they're a true professional club and they want to treat themselves like they're a European club or whatever whatever that goes. Um, I, I think the whole whole point of it is growing the sport around Metro Detroit so, or in around Michigan. So um, and if they have a different purpose or different values, then that's on them. That's clearly their their own choice. But I think that's those are some of the things I've heard kind of you know throughout you know on, on the playing fields. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, you can check out that interview with uh, Stars owner George Youngkai on both uh, the Michigan Soccer Central. Uh, podcast on Spotify and all the other major um, platforms for podcasts and then on the Michigan Soccer Central YouTube. And uh, there's a couple dozen uh, podcast episodes on YouTube, but we have well over 100 over there on uh, audio episodes on Spotify and the like. So be sure to check those out, everybody, and and give a follow and hit the bell and do all those things for the YouTube because uh, we have a good amount of numbers uh, following on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but uh, just a just a handful there on YouTube. So uh, try to give that a follow. And uh, before we go, Chris Rosen or Rosin, sorry, Chris Rosen, thank you so much for uh, sharing. Uh, your soccer Saturday and soccer weekend with us here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, man. I'm glad we got to both see some, uh, take in some some really good soccer this weekend. Yeah, and uh, I mean, my favorite time of the year is is really here. Midwest Premier League kind of kicked off the uh, the spring summer soccer circuit, and um, one actually before we go, this is one thing I did want to say is it how with soccer and just spring and just life in general why is it that we wait so long for uh, the good games and the good things to happen and then some of them happen at the same time and you have to decide between one cool thing and another <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more man it's tough it's tough it's like uh next weekend it's go to grand rapids for the first uh oakland county fc game of the season or there's uh you know one of my kids has a game at the same exact time so it's like ah oh, shucks <laughs> But that's that's great. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, like I said, my favorite time of the year is coming around, so I couldn't be more excited. So thank you to Chris. Thank you to all my previous guests on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you to Jenny Hajnaki for editing the program, as always. And thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team. Without you guys, this show doesn't go. And uh, there's a whole lot to take in, so I truly mean this When Until next time, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.